again bringing you the uh, hottest content in the motherfucking sports streets and the urban music streets and wow this set of fucking game fours were trash hot garbage two blowouts I mean I understand where Dallas was coming from they don't want to get eliminated that's completely fine that's completely fine. I completely understand. I get it. The Heat and Celtics have no excuse. It's like motherfuckers is just quitting. And they want to wait too late to make it interesting. You know, half the people done turn this shit off. Let's just keep it a buck. Man, we want more interesting basketball, man. You you know, you got these fucking fan, the KD and LeBron fanboys. Like, we want LeBron and KD. They made an interesting basketball. Okay, well, ride where the rating's so low. The rating's only low because of the blowouts in the Eastern Conference, but in the first and second rounds, the ratings was high as fuck. But anyway, man, we got some NBA talk for you, and we got some hidden file shit. I got two projects I want to discuss that were released that I missed. But before we do that, the NBA teams done came out, y'all. And the NBA made some controversial picks, to say the least. I was surprised. And shot at some of these. I'm not going to hold y'all. I'm going to compare my list to theirs. Because when I did my all-NBA team, this was like towards the end of the regular season. I made my picks early. So excuse if this is outdated or whatnot. So on my all-NBA team, I had John Morant, Devin Booker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. Now, obviously, if I had to choose between Embiid and Joker, I would probably choose Embiid. Sorry, Joker fans. 
but I, I had to include both on mine. Because I guess they made a change this year, and they didn't even put Embiid on the first team. After making the change that two centers could be on the all-NBA team. So that just made the NBA look hypocritical. Here's how theirs turned out. They had Luka. Yeah, they had Luka, Devin Booker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Jokic. I can understand why they put Luka. That's fine. Booker. I mean, regular season Booker, sure. I guess. Sure. Giannis, yes. Tatum. I was surprised they put Tatum in here. I'm not going to front. Jokic, I'm not surprised. You know, that's their favorite great white hope. It's their great white hype. No disrespect. I'm just telling you, the media loves Joker. Nobody hates this guy. I mean, I like Joker to an extent. But I feel like he shouldn't have been the most valuable player. But since he was, I completely get why. Now, on my All-NBA second team, I had Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Carl Anthony Towns. Which I think was suitable. I think it was suitable for me. Um, their second team was Ja Morant. Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Not necessarily mad at that one, even though I don't like the fact that Embiid is on the second team, knowing damn well he's first team. I think Ja had a great regular season. I know he missed a lot of time, so I understand why they said All-NBA second team. I don't know, man. I think me and the media kind of robbed Steph Curry of first team. Watching him play in the playoffs, you know, I think me and the NBA made a mistake by not putting Stephen Curry on the first team. We fucked up. Well, I'm going to apologize on behalf of me. I fucked the NBA. Fuck the media. I'm not going to apologize on behalf of those sons of bitches. All-NBA third team. I had Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Ooh-wee. That Adebayo one was a big mistake. Looking at him in the playoffs. Regular season, he was okay. He was fine. You know, you can uh, give me a pass for that. But the reason I had Butler and Adebayo on my third teams was... I mean, come on. Miami was the number one team in the East. Somebody had to make it. I mean, come on. Here were theirs. Um, Chris Paul, Trey Young, LeBron James, Pascal Siakam, and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I have to disagree with Chris Paul on the All-NBA third team. No disrespect intended. I just disagree. Trey Young, yes. LeBron James, yes. And everybody, you know, all the LeBron fanboy standboys in their uh, mini skirts with no panties on were upset because LeBron averaged 30 points per game. Come on, we're really going to have to break this down again? 
Do I have to break this shit down for you slow motherfuckers again? I will break it down for groupie game. Now listen, a lot of those 30 point games, the Lakers were down 20 plus points in those games. A lot of those LeBron shots and those points were during garbage time. I watched a lot of Lakers games. I was rooting against the Lakers. So I, I caught a lot of those night games just for the thrill of watching them sink. All right? Yes. I rooted against them because they tried to cheat the system. I rooted against Brooklyn, too. They're not the only team I rooted against. All right? I just don't like super teams. I like fair. I like fair games. But anyway, right? So, they'll say LeBron averaged 30. Well, a lot of those points he got during garbage time. Let's just keep it a buck. And, you know. LeBron was on one of the worst teams in the league. They were the most disappointing team all season because all the experts and myself included picked them to make the playoffs. I didn't pick the, the, the Lakers to go that far in the playoffs, but I picked them nonetheless. So I wasn't necessarily like, you know, saying that this debacle was going to happen, like this all time collapse was going to happen. Okay, they had, yeah, so he was already on a shitty team. LeBron actually lucky to make any all-NBA team, to be honest. I put him on mine because I was like, I, he was, uh, he was playing okay. LeBron deserved to be on the third team, but I felt like he's lucky to make anything. The way that the Lakers disappointed this year in Seoul. Um, Siakam, Pascal Siakam, I don't know about that. I don't think he should have made an all-NBA team. That's just my personal opinion. I'm sorry, but not sorry. Carl Anthony Towns, all-NBA third team. I don't disagree with this. Now... I have to remind y'all, need I remind y'all, I did this uh, shit just before the end of the season. So this shit looks kind of aged. But however, um, all NBA first team, I had Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jared Allen. Jared Allen was playing very good defense before the injury happened. They had Chris Paul, Miles Bridges, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Rudy Gobert. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't agree that Gobert should not have been on the first team. He should have been on the second team. 
Hey, I would have went with Robert Williams over Rudy Gobert. Not going to hold y'all. I don't think Rudy Gobert should be on the first team, bro. His defense was good. It's good, but it's not good enough. All defensive second team, I had uh, DeJounte Murray, Marcus Smart, forgive me, Matisse Thibel, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Gobert. Wait, so you mean to tell, wait, I'm confused. Did the NBA not have Marcus Smart on either all-defensive first team? I have to look back at this. There's no fucking way, dog. No way, dog. I refuse to believe that these niggas did, did Marcus Smart like this. Hold on. This is all-time weirdo shit if this is true. These oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. I was about to blow a pop a blood vessel. Okay, I wrote this shit down wrong. My bad, y'all. My bad. They did have smart. Woo, I was about to say. I was about to say, bro. All right, I had to double check that. My bad. I can write shit down wrong. But yeah, they had Smart, Bridges, Giannis. Okay, we on the second team. Okay, so they had Drew on the second team. That's good. The, their off-defensive second team had Holiday, Matisse Thybul, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, and Robert Williams. Um, As far as I'm concerned, I, I don't disagree with this. I mean, on my all-defensive second team, I had Thibault and Smart. I didn't expect Smart to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, me putting Paul... Man, Pat Bev would be mad at me, man. Because, I mean, Chris Paul was playing decent defense in the, first, in, the in the season. It was the playoffs where he got exposed as a regular, decent defender. But shit, I've been wrong before. Goddamn. I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. And I definitely was wrong about putting Smart on the second team. I was wrong. I was definitely wrong by putting the cone above Smart on the first team. So I'll take that L. I mean, Jimmy Butler, his defense, it comes and goes. It was definitely second team level. I was right. I felt like I was right about that. And I had, on my shit, I had Smart, Thibault, Murray from the Spurs, uh, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert. I mean, I'm not mad at Robert Williams, Bam Adebayo, and Draymond, so... All right, all rookie teams came out. I had on my all rookie first team, I had Kate, Giddy, Green, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley. Let's see what they had. Let's see what they had on their team. They had Cade, J. 
Jalen Green, Franz Wapner, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley. I mean, this actually isn't that bad. I get that Giddy got hurt towards the end of the season. I understand that. Totally get it. Totally get it. Um, my all-rookie second team was Davion Mitchell, Cam Thomas, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, and Jonathan Kaminga. I think their all-rookie second team is better than mine. I got to give the uh, NBA voters some props. I got to give the voters some props on this one. I think their all-rookie second team is better than mine. The only thing I don't agree with was Chris Duarte, though. Because they had uh, Bones Highland, Ayo Dosumo from the Bulls, Chris Duarte from the Pacers, uh, Herb Jones from the... uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and they had Josh Giddy. That's actually not a bad list. All in all, um, the only disagreement I really had with the voters was, let's see. I feel like Steph should have been on the first team over Devin Booker. But they gave that to Book because they didn't put him on last year when he was supposed to be. Other than that, you know I you know I disagree with Joker being on the All NBA first team. <laughs> Y'all know that. All NBA second team, everything seems to be okay. Outside of Curry and Embiid. All-NBA third team, I disagree with Siakam. All-Defensive first team was cool. I'm cool with that, except except Gobert. I think Gobert and Williams should have been swapped out. But I think they, uh, I think the uh, NBA voters did, did pretty good this year. I got to give them some credit. They did all right. Now, um... I listened to two albums that I missed out on that I didn't get a chance to review. I didn't know that they even came out. Now, Nick Grant returned with his third, I think this is his third solo album. It was called Welcome to Loveland. And if you're unfamiliar with who Nick Grant is, he is a rapper out of South Carolina who got it pretty much got it out the mud. literally got it out the mud and rose to prominence with very high level lyricism and from what I heard this album sounds like a Dungeon Family album I think this is probably the closest I'm not I'm not gassing I'm not gassing this sounds like an Andre 3000 inspired album you can just hear the Andre 3000 um, Dungeon Family inspiration on this album. But however, the thing that I didn't like about this project was 
he's not really a good singer per se. He he's not terrible, but other people who are not great singers, they execute it a lot better. The intro, the intro is even like an outcast intro where they do the break. You know, I don't know if y'all fans of Stankonia. Stankonia is one of my favorite Outkast albums, by the way. That was one of the most different albums that I ever heard. But Welcome to Loveland is exactly its title. Uh, Ass Funk Diziac. That shit was okay. It was cool. Definitely an old school, early 2000s Southern vibe going on. Definitely outcast ish. Cupid is a woman. Nick Grant was spitting on here. He was spitting. Cats and dogs. Man, incredible. Incredible lyricism. Sex interlude was okay. Spell check. It was a little bit up, more up-tempo, but uh, Nick uh, delivered pretty well on that beat. Love and Other Drugs featuring Rakea, pretty solid. Not mad at this at all. The Simulation uh, featuring Malaya, uh, kind of mid. The Ingredient, that was kind of mid. Brutal Honesty was dope. I fuck with Brutal Honesty. Zombies, Mary Jane, pretty dope. I like that one. Gangsta Lean featuring Keon Harold, fire. The Auk featuring Rakia, kind of mid. Overall, I was kind of disappointed. I wanted a little bit more rapping on this project. That's just me. I get the concept was to uh, pretty much um, channel that um, Dungeon Family sound. I could dig it. The, some of the singing wasn't there for me. But when he did rap, incredible. Like songs like Cats and Dogs, Cupid is a Woman, Spell Check, Loving Other Drugs, Brutal Honesty. Those were pretty much my favorite songs on here. All the other tracks were pretty much a little bit average. And we expect a lot out of, well, I expect a lot out of Nick Grant as an artist. Because, like, I understand that it's hard to beat an album like Dreaming Out Loud, which I view as one of the better albums of the last decade. Um, yeah, I was surprised by uh, Dreaming Out Loud on how good that album was, but all in all, I think it's a decent listen, though. Especially if you're trying to, if you're sitting out in the front yard and you're playing music and shit, this—that's pretty much the album for you. It's laid back, it's smooth, 
telling niggas to not check this album out. It's still a good album. It just wasn't a great album. Now, Sid dropped her second album called Broken Hearts Club. And I didn't even know it dropped. I just figured it out. You know, because I was looking at the albums that were released this year. And I saw that Sid put out an album. I was like, word? I was like, let's go. Let's listen to it. I I couldn't fucking wait. Like, if I would have went to the store, I would have ripped the fucking package off with my teeth. Because her first album, Finn, is a classic. Hands down. Like, that album was incredible. So, you gotta wonder what she gonna do. If you're unfamiliar with who Sid is, she was originally a member of of uh, Odd Future with Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, Damo Genesis, Haji Beats, Left Brain, Earl Sweatshirt. So she was in that group, and she was also in a group within a group within the Odd Future group called The Internet, along with Matt Martians and Steve Lacey. I forget the other two guys' name in the group. I apologize in advance. But, um, you know, Sid, Matt, and Steve are the lead vocalists in the group. So she was a part of that collective, and they put out incredible music. And then Sid decided to go solo in 2018, I believe it was, to put out Finn. I think Finn was 2018. I could be wrong about that. When did LMA first album come out? I think that had to either be um, 2019, 2018, whatever, right? So let's get into Broken Hearts Club and talk about it. Um, Could You Break a Heart? Featuring Lucky Day, incredible. I love the song, Lucky Day Fits Like a Glove. Nice little, uh, put, nice little put together, um, duo right there. Tie the Knot, man, that beat was crazy. Um, I believe that Broken Hearts Club is about a, a, a female who's a player that ends up finding love on her journey. I think that's what the concept of the project was. That's what I heard. But Tida Knot got a bounce to it. It sounded like, sound like a current Timbaland beat. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Timbaland. Man, I love the pop appeal of Fast Car. Like, every song named Fast Car is fucking fire to me. Like, from The Dream, like, the other artists that have put out songs with that Fast Car. Yeah, it's very dope. Sid's voice is perfect for the uh, beat. It's a little bit more pop. Yeah, Sid has a lot of bags. She has an R&B bag. She can do pop. She can do alternative. She can do rock. Nice with the wordplay. Right track with Sid and Smino. 
I did not know that that was the song playing in, in the shy. I didn't know that was her. I didn't know that was her singing that song that was in the shy trailer. Because it sounded catchy. I was like, what is this song and who made this? And turns out it was Sid. And I was like, wow. She is really going for, for hers on here. But right track featuring Smino. Another dope-ass potential pop record. It's catchy. It's corny. But it's great, though. It's a dope-ass record. Um, Sweet. It's probably my least favorite song on there. It's probably my least favorite. Control. Man, man, listen, the production, the vocals, the ad-libbing, the sound was perfect. It's like a perfect five out of five, man. And Rodney Jerkins produced it. If y'all unfamiliar, I mean, if y'all unfamiliar with who Rodney Jerkins is, I suggest you look him up. Google that nigga, bro. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Brandy, Monica, what? Like, nigga. I'm just saying. Google Rodney Jerkins. No way. It pretty much sounds like a continuation of Control. Another dope-ass track. The production on here is fucking awesome, bro. Getting Late, that was probably the only song that I felt like was mid on here. The rest of the way, though. Out Loud featuring Kaylani. Sid and Kaylani, they do not miss with collaborations, I tell you. They just don't. Heartfelt Freestyle. Even though Sid was mostly harmonizing throughout the song. Like, Heartfelt Freestyle was dope. I love the beat. And I like what Sid was trying to do with that track. Uh, Break My Heart, Why Don't You? I love that 2000s pop sound. It's, I think it's dope. I like it. I like the track, man. It is fucking fire, dog. Goodbye, my love. I mean, it was a long minute playing of music, and then she came on there. I get what she was talking about. Missing Out. That's one of my favorites on here, too. Missing Out was crazy. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Now, this going to sound crazy. Do not tweak when I say this. In my personal opinion, released in the calendar year of 2022, I think this is the best album that was released so far. Don't jump down my throat. Don't be killing me in my DMs on on Instagram. You know, I'm King Known on Instagram, King Known on Twitter, 
P-Note and NBA Music Talk on YouTube, by the way. Don't kill me with with with, with uh, slander here. I just feel like this is a complete R&B project. I mean, I could uh, honestly understand people who say Finn is better. Finn is a classic, but so is this one. Now let's get to these packs of mids. Let's uh, let's let's this the last minute. So let's get to these packs of mid, man, because these last couple of games, dude. Game four, Boston and Miami. This has to be one of the worst playoff games I've ever seen. I'm not going to hold you. Miami came out flat. Miami came out horrible. And wasn't Boston doing this without Marcus Smart? Miami couldn't buy a bucket. Like, I have never seen a team shoot so horrible from the field despite whooping Boston's ass the last game you gotta look at the shooting this I mean the only person that really showed up was Victor Oladipo Like Jimmy Butler, 3 of 14, 6 points. P.J. Tucker, 0 of 4, 0 points. Bam at a buyout, 3 of 5, 9 points. How come Bam didn't take any more shots? Max Struss, 0 of 7 from 3. I mean, 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Kyle Lowry, 1 of 6 from the field, 3 points. Gabe Vincent, 2 of 10, 6 points. Victor Oladipo, 7 of 16, 23 points. Duncan Robinson had more points than, than Jimmy Butler. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and ask. I, and say, I sold today. Miami with an all-time sale, y'all. 14 points, 5 of 11. Caleb Martin, 12 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. It seems like the bench outplayed the starters. Not a good sign. It looks like Miami has to bounce back in game 5. I'm not going to even say that Boston's going to win the series in 6 games. Because I do, I do truly believe this is going to go seven. You got to be kidding me. Like, Jalen Brown shot five of 20 in Miami lost by 20. They lost 82 to 102, dude. Crazy. But Jason Tatum bounced back after selling in game uh, three with a 31.8 of 16 shooting performance. 
and Tatum finally put that three-point shot down and went inside. He attacked the basket. He hit mid-range jumpers. He had 31 points, five assists. Robert Williams had 12 points and nine rebounds. Jalen Brown only had 12 points. Derek White had a big first quarter. He scored 10 points in the first quarter. He had 13 points. Peyton Pritchard, another great playoff performance from him, 14 points. And it was just, in my honest opinion, this was just a bad basketball game overall to me. Now let's look at last night's game. Golden State and Dallas. Dallas ended up finally winning a game 119 to 109. And I seen the Warriors not really being creative out there. It seemed like Dallas's shooters finally woke the fuck up because they've been selling all series from Reggie Bullock to Durian Finney Smith. Selling. On the Golden State side of things. Um, they got a lot of contributions. I mean, Golden State almost came back. Yeah, man. Golden State, they fucked off this game. I mean, they really did, dude. They got contribution from everybody over here. Wiggins had 13. Far cry from the the big game that he had last game. Draymond, 10.6 assists. Klay Thompson, 12 points. Shot 5 of 10. Steph, 20 points. Jordan Poole, 14. Kaminga, 17. Moses Moody. They, um... The bench was what got them back to respectability that made the game respectable because Dallas had these niggas in the bag. But Dallas came back to finish them off. But if we look at here, though, 30 points, 9 assists, 14 rebounds for Luka Doncic. Just a vintage, classic Luka game. This is how he should be playing every game. Because now, I told y'all, the series has just begun. Dallas is proving, okay, we're not going to lay down like hoes. We not hoes around here. Ain't no hoes in this house. Reggie Bullock, 18 points. Dorian Finney-Smith, 23 points. Where has this been? Shit, probably combined in that series is what they really score in this series, in this game. Jalen Brunson, 15 points. Maxi Kleber, where has he been? He ain't started doing shit until now. Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 points, 8 assists. Dallas needs this type of production every game. Now, they may not get out of the 3-0 hole, but at least they didn't get swept. 
all in all, these two games were probably the worst playoff games this year. One and two. The Miami and Boston one being the worst. Because at least Golden State had that had that light comeback. Other than that, that is my show. This is King Known Uncensored. We got the Game 5 talk along with the hidden files. And we out of here.